ladies and gentlemen, welcome to patreon.com slash the Derek Lamont experience as well as the All Our Nonsense podcast network. This of course is the week in gaming. I'm your host Derek Lamont Jackson, hoping everybody had a good week. It seems fall has finally hit here in uh, the Midwest. Uh, I'm currently residing in St. Louis, Missouri. It's my home. It's where I was born, grew up, all that good stuff. Uh, Fall's really kicked in. It's getting chilly. We're seeing a lot more rain and things like that. The leaves are falling off the trees. So my favorite season has fully arrived, and usually that means really good video games are coming, so a lot of stuff is coming out. Uh, November 5th, we have Call of Duty Vanguard. November the 11th, we got the GTA Trilogy uh, Definitive Edition coming. Uh, Battlefield 2042 is coming up pretty soon, as well as Halo Infinite and some other things. So stay tuned for those. And I'm sorry, actually, November 5th, Forza Horizon 5 is coming as well. So very excited about that. Speaking of the good folks over at Xbox, our top story from VG247.com, the Xbox October update added, finally, 4K dashboard, night mode, and more. Uh, Enjoy a natively rendered 4K dashboard on Xbox Series X consoles. Congratulations for those of us who do have one. It was weird seeing a 1080p dashboard. It just made no sense to me. I don't understand why they did it. So finally, we're getting that 4K dashboard. Microsoft has released the uh, Xbox October update, and it features a 4K dashboard for Xbox Series X. Night mode for Xbox consoles and new quick settings. The update adds a natively rendered 4K dashboard on Xbox Series X consoles, which increases uh, increases sharpness and text readability. Prior to this week's update, the Series X dashboard guide and other menus were upscaled from 1080p to 4K. Now, if you have an Xbox Series X connected to a 4K display, uh, you will see the dashboard natively rendered in 4K while browsing the home, my games and apps guide, and many other features. With Xbox Night Mode, you'll be able to reduce and adjust the light of your Xbox display, console, and controller. This suite of settings helps you adjust light sources to help keep rooms dark at night and supports those sensitive to light. You can dim and customize the light from the connected display, the power button on your controller, and the power light on your console, which is really cool. All this customization works across the Xbox system, apps, and games, and does not impact performance screenshots or game clips. You can also create a night mode schedule that will dynamically switch between dark and light themes. You can also manually toggle night mode on and off, uh, time with it, time it with sunrise and sunset, or create a personal schedule. Night mode also adds a customizable blue light filter for your display, but note that feature is specific for Xbox Series X and S consoles. And finally, the new quick setting, uh, settings menu for Xbox Guide will allow you to easily switch settings for a personalized experience. You can now quickly toggle accessibility features without leaving your game or app. And you can use quick settings to switch features on or off depending on who is currently using the console. This allows everyone who shared the console with you to easily flip between settings. The October update was released this past week and can be downloaded through your settings where the option to download the update is located. Unless, of course, you have the console set to automatically keep things up to date. In that case, just turn your system on and make sure you are connected to the internet. I actually haven't uh, fooled around with any of this stuff, to be completely honest with you. Um, I'm not sure if I actually have the automatic update on or not. I'll actually have to double check. This is really cool. Quality of life type of improvement. Uh, Finally, we have that. So if you have a Series X, awesome. You get the 4K dashboard. Um, I haven't really paid that much attention to it, so I'm going to actually check that out once I actually finish recording this episode, and I'll report back and let you guys know. Um, One cool thing, uh, not to, you know, apples to oranges, not compare PlayStation to Xbox, PlayStation added Apple Music, so you can now not only listen to music through Spotify, you can listen to Apple Music. Um, It is only on the PlayStation 5. 
Uh, it'd be interesting to see if Microsoft is going to add that, considering that Microsoft and Apple have always pretty much been competitors, so I don't know how that would go over, but you do have the opportunity to listen to music through Spotify and your Xbox, so that's a plus. Um, <clears throat> jumping right back into the news, though, FIFA reportedly ending partnership with EA Sports after nearly 30 years. Uh, nearly 30 years after launching the FIFA series, soccer's global governing body has reportedly decided to walk away from its licensing deal with EA Sports. According to the New York Times, negotiations over the future of the video game franchise have hit an impasse as FIFA has requested that EA double the current licensing fee of $150 million per year to $1 billion every four years, which is an astronomical amount. A billion dollars every four years. That's insane. That is absolutely insane. Meanwhile, EA has already registered a trademark for the phrase EA Sports FC, an appropriate title should the gaming company continue the series once the deal with FIFA expires, which it seems at this point it's more than likely going to. In a statement released earlier this week, Executive President and General Manager of EA Sports, Cam Weber, hinted at permanently cutting ties with FIFA. As we look ahead, we're also exploring the idea of renaming our global EA Sports football games. Weber said this means we're reviewing our naming rights agreement with FIFA, which is separate from all the other official partnerships and licenses, licenses across the football world. FIFA responded with its own statement implying that it is looking to take the future of its games elsewhere. FIFA is bullish and optimistic but about its long-term future in gaming and esports following a comprehensive and strategic assessment of the gaming and interactive market, the statement read. Um, this comes from Complex. They say stay tuned as we learn more information about the negotiations between FIFA and EA Sports and I will keep you guys up to date on that as well. This is pretty bullish. A uh, billion dollars every four years is absolutely astronomical. Uh, I don't blame EA for not wanting to pay those fees. It's weird that I'm old enough to remember when EA literally was just a developer and they basically reverse engineered football and created John Madden football. And that was their calling card. And then I remember them creating NHL hockey and that being a fan favorite of mine during like the, the early Lemieux Jaguar era when the Penguins won back-to-back -back cups in the 90s and you know then uh you know Lakers versus Celtics in the NBA playoffs Bulls versus Lakers in the NBA playoffs and so on and so on until it became NBA Live and EA became a conglomerate to where they not only were a developer they became a publisher and they house other things like Dice and you know things like that Dice obviously makes Battlefield and uh, Respawn, who makes Jedi Fallen Order. It's just really interesting to see it come to this situation with EA where they're this conglomerate. Also, at the same time, FIFA owns the name FIFA. That's true. However, EA has separate deals with other leagues and clubs and things like that. Um, I'm not that big upon football in the international. Like, when we talk football here in the U.S., we're talking about the pigskin, the gridiron, stuff like that, you know. Football across the rest of the world is what we call soccer here. Although I am a fan, I'm not a huge fan. I, but, you know, there's like all these different leagues and things like that. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how this works, though, going forward with World Cup coverage, because I think the World Cup is something that is put on by FIFA. And if the licensing agreement is going to end, that's a whole other thing. There may not be another FIFA World Cup game on EA Sports, but I'm sure there'll still be... EA Sports football, a.k.a. soccer. So I, I, I don't blame them. A billion dollars every four years is absolutely insane. Um, I'm not saying they're overshooting themselves, but it's like eSports does bring in a ton of money. The world is obviously changing. Um, everything is basically done online, but I still think that's an astronomical amount of money. So I don't know. I don't blame EA Sports for not wanting to pay that fee. Um, 
from the gamingbible.co.uk is our next story. Uh, PlayStation Plus update adds features fans have waited years for. Uh, the article goes on to say, I'm not entirely sure how it took this long, but PlayStation has finally, finally updated PlayStation Plus to include a super basic feature that fans have been asking for for years now. As unbelievable as this might sound, it's never actually been possible for PlayStation Plus subscribers to outright purchase one of the free games they've already redeemed. You might be asking yourself, why would anyone want or need the option, the option to buy a game that they've already downloaded and claimed for free? That is a fair question. It's worth noting that if you ever end your PS Plus subscription for any reason, you lose access to the free games. Um, I've let my subscription lapse a couple of times, and the games that you redeem and download, there'll be a lock over them, so you cannot access them. At that point, you do have to either restart your PlayStation Plus subscription or actually purchase the game. Um, you can obviously, again, like they say in the article, go right ahead and purchase any previously redeemed games with the lack of the option to buy a game you've already claimed while subscribed. Always seemed like a pretty weird oversight. It's not really because Microsoft will notify you. You actually receive a notification. I get them all the time on my phone leaving Game Pass this month. And it's like, if you want to continue with this game, you're going to have to outright purchase it. Sony should do the same thing. The PlayStation app has gotten better. I will say that. Um, so that option should be there. Um, some of us aren't consistently subscribed to PS Plus after all, and it's always nice to have the ability to permanently pick up a game instead of my ability to play it uh, being tied to a subscription. There have been a few examples in instances in the past where a game I'd already redeemed via PS Plus had been on sale for an excellent price, of course. As a PS Plus subscriber who technically already had the game, I couldn't take advantage. So yeah, this does make sense. You would want the option to get it at the sale price in case you do foresee a situation where your PlayStation Plus membership will lapse and you know you just don't have the money coming up. Especially right now, coming up on the holidays, money can be tight, especially with what's been going on in the world the last few years. Some people are still out of work and they're still kind of scrambling to buy gifts for their kids and things like that and their family members over the holidays. So if it means cutting out a subscription to PlayStation Plus or Xbox Game Pass or Google Stadia or something like that, yeah, I'm going to cut those corners. Um, so it's about time they added this. I, think, I still think they need to retool PlayStation Plus. Not actually PlayStation Plus. They need to have a sort of mega account like game pass ultimate where you get xbox live and game pass for console and pc there should be an option where you bundle ps plus and ps now together um there are some ps now games you can play on a pc and stuff like that sony's getting more into the pc world i'm going to talk about that very shortly so i don't know i still think they have some work to do there was all this talk about how they had an answer to game pass and we were supposed to hear it by now and it didn't happen some people said, wait to the next PlayStation Showcase. We got that with the Marvel, Spider-Man 2, and the Wolverine and all that stuff, but nothing about the so-called Game Pass response. So we're still waiting on that. Um, <clears throat> my next story is about a game that some people love and some people love to hate, uh, good old Fortnite. This article comes from Hype, excuse me, Hype Beast. Is Fortnite becoming the go-to platform co for collaborations? Between fashion, film, and art partnerships, the Epic's game title is dominating pop culture crossovers. It's going to be weird when there's a day where nobody cares about Fortnite anymore. But it's free. And kids, any parent who goes into a store, they're like, oh, a kid's like, oh, I want a console for Christmas. Well, I don't have money for the console in the game. Just get me the console. I'll play Fortnite. And I think that's happened a lot over the last few years. Um, most recently, Epic Games title debuted a selection of Dune skins based on Timothy Chal uh, Chalamet and Zendaya's characters from the film. I saw those. In the item shop last night, I didn't take advantage because I'm not really a Doom film. Hiding the excitement surrounding the game's uh, imminent 
I'm sorry, the movie's an imminent unveiling. As with most Fortnite collaborations, the game's Dune partnerships arrives with a range of various props, including a Sandwalk emote, tin, twin blades for harvesting, and frim kits. The Dune crossover is just one example of Fortnite's continuous development of in-game transformations, which have come to serve as a new marketing outlet that several other industries are beginning to latch onto. I remember when they had the base skin and everybody said it looked like John Wick and then eventually later on they actually added a John Wick skin. I remember when Thanos showed up and there was the Infinity Gauntlet like somewhere in the map and that's why I was like, okay, now I'm going to watch this game because there's something going on and then you got to see Batman and other stuff and then I started to get more into it and when they did the season where they had like all the Marvel stuff fully into it, the, the Joker pack with like joker and all the different skins fully into it i got harley quinn i got all that stuff that stuff kept me coming back to fortnite ghostbusters yet last year street fighter things that i grew up on the licensing is what keeps people coming back uh, as far as fashion goes balenciaga joined forces with fortnite to construct a series of in-game outfits as well as a limited run of physical apparel uh, the gamer reached into the fashion house's archives to create four meticulously detailed outfits for fan favorite characters in the game along with several matching real-life iterations of the same pieces. Quite the appealing addition to an avid gamer's wardrobe, these in-real-life designs are now selling for up to $1,290 U.S. dollars. Uh, elsewhere, Fortnite has already taken a sizable bite into the world of fictional superheroes, excuse me, specifically within the Justice League, having previously debuted playable Superman and Batman skins. Of course, I have those. Um, mm, I actually hadn't played Fortnite for quite a while, and then they did like an alien invasion and I was like, oh, okay, Rick and Morty, whatever. And then they're like, yeah, Superman's the big one. I'm like, okay, second favorite superhero. I literally have the Superman logo tattooed on my arm. It's the, you know, doomsday version with the dripping blood. But yeah, I literally have the logo on my arm. So why the fuck would I not jump back in? So uh, Wonder Woman skin had to have that. Captain Marvel, all those things. They're very important to me. So why not? Fortnite it, it, it's the go-to game for kids, but also because of the licensing, the people will always continue to come back. And I think that's what the big seller is for Fortnite, being able to run across a map as LeBron James. That was a big one as well when Space Jam was coming out. Run across the map as Ant-Man or Groot um, or, you know... Gosh, who else? Ariana Grande, so many different people. Travis Scott, all these collaborations. Everybody wants, you know, in-game Fortnite content. You know, the baby's got a song in there as an emote. There was the Tootsie Slide stuff with Drake, and it's just, it's a big deal. I'm still surprised we haven't seen an actual Drake uh, skin. I, I'm That has to be coming at some point, or at least I thought it would have came around Certified Love Boy because there's so much you could have done, like an emote where... Drake hands you roses or something like that. I think that they kind of missed an opportunity, but that's what makes people come back to Fortnite, and that's why people really, really love it. Um, obviously, really diehard shooter fans are going to play your Call of Duty or your Battlefield and stuff like that, but for the casual, yeah, Fortnite is something that they're going to tap into, so that's what's coming, people, keeping people coming back, and the licensing agreements are only going to continue, and Epic is really making a lot of money hand over fist, so we'll see where they go next. Um, from the good folks over at Rockstar Games, I told you guys GTA uh, Trilogy Definitive Edition is coming. I pre-ordered my copy for the PlayStation 5. I cannot wait. This article comes from Screen Rant. Rockstar Games has apparently altered the appearance of a popular character and removed the Confederate flag in Grand Theft Auto Vice City from Grand Theft Auto the Trilogy the Definitive Edition. And this was needed. I'm sorry. Anybody's going to bitch like, you're messing up the game. You're not. This needed to be moved. 
Um, raising questions about any other changes that could have possibly been made for the flagship series remaster. Rockstar Games and Publisher Take-Two Interactive, uh, Interactive officially unveiled the first full trailer of the GTA Trilogy remaster uh, last Friday, October 28th. Oh, no, I'm sorry, not October 28th. Um, freak, I cannot remember what day it was. But anyway, uh, showing off all three PS2-era GTA games with the current updated uh, current updated generation graphics and other massive improvements such as improved controls following weeks of speculations and leaks. And it was really like everybody had their finger on what's the next leak, and then they finally gave us a trailer. We're like, okay, here we go. Rockstar Games is known for its controversial video games, and Grand Theft Auto series has been used as a lens for American satire through the narrative and recreations of New York, Miami, and Los Angeles. I would love to see them visit London, and I think there's a like a DLC pack or something like that for the very first GTA where it's like London Underground, and I think it's time to take it elsewhere in the globe. I don't want like... I want like the the leaks or supposed leaks about GTA Six, where you're a you know crime lord in South America and stuff like that. Let's go elsewhere. Like it's okay, we've done Liberty City, Los Santos, and Vice City to death. Let's go elsewhere. Anyway, back to the article. Um, <clears throat> consisting of a variety, I'm sorry, Rockstar Games is known for its controversial video games, and the Grand Theft Auto series has been used as a lens for American satire through the narrative and. Uh, through the narrative and recreations of New York, Miami, and Los Angeles, consisting of a variety of aspects that reflected society. Being fully uncensored, the popular series has been involved with numerous lawsuits over the past two decades. Rockstar Games has, however, stayed up on top, growing accustomed to public outrages the GTA series has received and continues to release groundbreaking titles. Um, Phil Cassidy, the character in question, again from GTA Vice City, uh, Phil Cassidy's shirt has been altered to remove the Confederate flag in a trilogy that laughs in the face of political correctness. What else have they altered to use to please a modern audience? Radio ads, discussion, character, dialogues, objectives. This came from a Reddit thread uh, posted on the GTA subreddit via Game Rant. One sharp-eyed user, Chazza354, has pointed out that during Rockstar's new reveal trailer for Grand Theft Auto, Phil Cassidy's appearance has been altered. Um, <clears throat> Phil Cassidy previously appeared in Grand Theft Auto 3 and Grand Theft Auto Vice City as a supposed Vietnam War veteran with multiple stereotypical features of a deep American conservative. Since the Grand Theft Auto series is known for its satire and dark humor, many find it odd that Rockstar removed something that had been mocking that they had been mocking from the start. I get that point, but I also understand that it is a whole new world and some things that you could do 20 years ago when these games were initially released, you just can't do that stuff anymore. Like they, Take-Two has shareholders, and we know this because shareholder calls and information like that, that stuff is released. Um, the world has changed in 20 years. Most recently, people have to remember, the game came out October 20th. I'm sorry, that's when they shared the trailer, October 20th of 2001. We were weeks removed from 9-11, and the game was actually pushed back because of 9-11. A lot of things had to change. Uh, the Sopranos is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. The first two seasons are 1999 and 2000. You can see the, tw the towers in the, the rearview mirror of the car that Tony's driving. After the towers came down after 9-11, you had to cut that part out. This obviously has nothing to do with the towers, but things have changed. So, yeah, I understand them taking the, the shirt out of there. So um, I'm not upset about this. I'm perfectly fine with it. I have no issues. So I don't know why anybody else would, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, 
But speaking of Rockstar Games, it's interesting that we're we're all literally sitting around. Well, not all of us, because I'm not um, <laughs> waiting for GTA Six. Like information leaks and this, that, and the third. Rockstar used to make more than just GTA, and it seems like they've watered themselves down to just the GTA team. And it's crazy because whatever they're planning, it has to be pretty good and pretty big because they have teams all over the world. So certainly they could have cranked out GTA 6 by now. They cranked out a lot of games on an annual basis during like GTA 3, 2001. GTA Vice City was the following year. Uh, Max Payne, 2001. What else? Just just their run from here. Grand Theft Auto 3. Um, Max Payne. Uh, Vice City. Midnight Club. Midnight Club 2. Max Payne 2. Manhunt. Red Dead Revolver. Uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Midnight Club 3, The Warriors, Liberty City Stories, Midnight Club 3 Dub Edition, uh, Bully, uh, Manhunt 2. They just cranked out a ton of games, and it just seems that now the focus is all GTA, and it's like, you guys are a studio that makes more than just GTA. Like, we all know this, and that's why we all fell in love with Rockstar, because they had so much content, and now they've just whittled themselves down to just being the... Grand Theft Auto Studio, and I mean, it's your money maker. I get it. Grand Theft Auto uh, Five has made them a absorbent, like an absorbently ridiculous amount of money. So I get it. But at the same time, like you guys clearly have the staffing worldwide to do multiple projects. I just want to see them do something else. And I don't know. Um, am I going to play GTA Six when it comes out? Probably. Do I hope that they don't do the, the switching between the three three characters again? I absolutely hope they drop that. I'm glad they didn't do it in Red Dead Redemption uh, 2, except for, you know, after Arthur dies, you then pick up as John Marston and start basically the story that turns into to Red Dead Redemption 1. Uh, by the way, I really hope that, 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 you know, based on what happens with this GTA trilogy, if it gets some traction, I think that Red Dead Redemption uh remastered is going to be the next thing that's what that's what everybody's saying but you know um but yeah i, I want to see rockstar take more chances you know i really do want to see that so uh, speaking of taking chances this is very very interesting this comes from windows central uh obviously this is an xbox centric uh and windows centric um website but anyway project shaolin xbox may be working on a wu-tang theme action rpg led by brass line entertainment Number one, I'm all for anything that includes the Wu-Tang Clan. Recently, a large database leak from NVIDIA gave us a wealth of new code names for potential and speculative upcoming games from various publishing partners. Some of those code names revealed lined up with rumors I'd previously heard, including the likes of Project Indus, which appears to be a fourth uh, X strategy game project led by Oxide coming to Xbox and PC sometime in the future. Thanks to Jeff Grubb of VentureBeat, we may have uncovered yet another upcoming Xbox global publishing partner. I'd heard about a potential Wu-Tang Clan-themed game some months ago, but Jeff Grubb verified my information on his podcast, adding extra weight to the info I'd receive. Funnily enough, a viewer of the podcast asked Grubb if the developer was Brass Line Entertainment, which lined up directly with what I'd heard. Also, Brass Line Entertainment is a relatively new studio comprised of industry vets. We believe that they're building an action RPG uh, currently known codenamed Shaolin in partnership with Xbox. In details, I revealed on my Xbox 2 podcast, I've heard that Shaolin is a third-person melee-oriented RPG uh, with four-player co-op. This should be interesting. The campaign is planned to run for a couple of dozen hours, complete with rich game, uh, rich in-game comprised of seasonal content, drops, and other updates. 
you will be able to obtain loot, weapons, gear, and so on in both procedural, in-game dungeons, and more tailor-made events. Also, it appears that the legendary hip-hop group Wu-Tang Clan themselves, Wu-Tang Clan themselves, will be heading up the game's soundtrack. Rasline co-founder Maneva Air recently put a tweet looking for potential hires to work on an upcoming unannounced action RPG with an anime aesthetic. Interesting. Until we get an official announcement, there is every chance some of this plan, some of the plans for this game may have changed, of course, but it does appear the project is going ahead. The design brief I received is now a few months old, but the Shaolin code name appears in far more recent documents, too, suggesting that the project is moving forward. I'm all for this. This is going to be interesting, though, because I remember the 50 Cent game. I think it was called Blood in the Sand or something like that, and I remember playing it on a friend's Xbox because I didn't have the original Xbox. And it was like 50, like running around with a bulletproof vest, shooting people and shit like that. It felt like some real 50 cent shit. If you're going to do this, you need to be as authentic as possible. Do you need to visit like, you know, real Shaolin temples or anything like that? I don't know. Do you need to go to like Staten Island or, you know, stuff like that? Yeah. Do I want to play as Ray? Yeah. Do I want to play as Ghost? Absolutely. Does Riza need to be like the Oracle or the Overseer? Probably not, but it wouldn't hurt. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I'd like to see how this turns out. I'm interested. I'm definitely intrigued because I'm a Wu-Tang Clan fan. I just don't want them to destroy something that has a, an indelible legacy. I recently just finished season two of Wu-Tang and American Saga on Hulu, and I still pine for those guys. I still listen to Wu-Tang on a weekly type basis, and um, they're the gods. So just don't screw this up. If this is real, please don't screw it up. Some great news for the Blue brand. Uh, PlayStation 5 has officially sold 13.4 million units, so congratulations to Sony. Uh, keep in mind that the Wii U sold a total of 13 million units for its entire life, and that's why we got the Switch as quick as we did. So 13.4 million units, and it's not even been out a full year. That's pretty awesome for the people over at Sony, especially considering the supply constraints and that you can't really get your hands on one. I was lucky enough to get mine at launch. It took me far longer to get my Xbox Series X, which is crazy because the last generation, I was able to get my Xbox One at launch, and it took me months to get a PlayStation 4, so now it kind of flipped this time. I didn't even go for a, a, the, the Switch OLED. I thought it was going to be a 4K Switch, and then we found out it wasn't, so I was like, eh, don't really care. But congrats to, you know, to Sony. 13 million uh, consoles in a year, that's big news. Uh, clearly, they're still trending up. We don't know what the sales figures are for the Xbox Series X or Series S because Microsoft doesn't routinely, you know, release those figures. I hope that they're doing good. Um, I want to see this be a, a stronger generation for, you know, Microsoft and its partners. Um, when there's competition within gaming, it, you know, competition breeds content, breeds envy and things like that. But we always get better games because of it. So I do want to see Microsoft, you know, really put their best foot forward. I think the Bethesda acquisition was their attempt at doing that, and we'll see if it pays dividends when we start getting those Bethesda games, namely Starfield, next year. That's the only one I'm really, you know, excited about. Um, I could care less about the next Elder Scrolls. I just don't care. But anyway, uh, congrats to Sony again, 13, almost 13 and a half million units in under a year under COVID and under, you know, supply constraints. That's, a, that's nothing to sneeze at. That is a big deal. So again, congrats to Sony. Really quickly, the next story from GameSpot. A Quiet Place is becoming a single-player story-driven horror adventure game. After the success of the two films, A Quiet Place is now becoming a video game. Paramount's very popular movie series, uh, Quiet Place, is getting turned into a video game set for release in 2022. The game is coming from Saber Interactive. 
Illogica uh, and Epitome. It will be an untold story of survival set in the Acquired Place universe as suggested in my tell an original story as opposed to the following events of the films. According to the official description, the game captures the compelling suspense, emotion, and drama for which the series is famous. Developers who worked on Rainbow Six and Far Cry franchises are among those working on the new game. Saber Interactive, which is owned by Embracer, is publishing the game. There is no word yet on the platforms for the Acquired Place game, nor have we seen any images or video. It's described as a single-player story-driven horror adventure. This is interesting considering I remember seeing the first one in theaters. Um, I didn't see the second one because I, I, the first one was cool, but it's just like, all right, so you have to be quiet the whole time. This is kind of boring in my opinion. Interestingly enough, we haven't seen any images, but this game is coming in 2022. AAA games take a while to develop. So did they start development when the first one came out is what it feels like, or are we not going to see something very big and grandiose? Maybe it'll be something that'll be, you know, we could be looking at cell shaded stuff or a top-down view or anything crazy like that. But I think it did say third person, so this is actually very interesting. Um, I'm going to keep my eyes and ears peeled on this one because I do want to see what this game looks like. Hopefully it's a good game. Not to say that you have to do this really big tri AAA blockbuster to make a good game. One of the best games I played over the past year was 12 Minutes, and... It's just it, the story itself is what makes that game as great as it is. So it doesn't have to be huge and graphical and like, wow, look at the the facial hair on that guy or look at, you know, the follicles of hair or da, 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 or look at the clothing, the fibers and stuff like that. That also you don't always have to have great graphics to have a great game. Some of the best video games in history were 8 bit and 16 bit. And I stand by that because I grew up in that era. So. Uh, but yeah, for this to be coming out next year, I wonder about the development cycle. I wonder when it started, and I can't wait to see what it is. I don't know if I'm going to play it. We'll see, but, you know, um, I'm very curious. I will say that. My next article uh, comes from TheVerge.com. Sony now uses PlayStation PC label for its PC games. We had to know this was coming because increasingly more and more games are going to PC. I know a lot of PlayStation fans are really pissed off right now. I'm a member of the Sony community. I'm a uh, self-professed Sony pony, but I'm also an Xbox, I guess, and I'm also like a Nintendog or whatever they call people who favor Nintendo. Um, here's the thing. They're not putting them on their day and date, so you guys can calm down. A lot of people freaked out when MLB The Show went to Xbox last year, and they're like, Sony's fucking up. That wasn't their call. Major League Baseball licenses the title to Sony for development. Major League Baseball says, hey, we want this game on other platforms other than just the PlayStation. Sony's like, well, hold on. And Major League Baseball is like, no, you're going to do it, or we're taking the title, the license from you. Sony had to acquiesce. That's how it goes. Major League Baseball owns the license. Sony does not, so calm down. But anyway, as far as PlayStation PC, Sony's PlayStation games on Steam are now published by PlayStation PC LLC instead of PlayStation Mobile. Forum posters at Reset Era noticed the change yesterday, and it appears that the PlayStation PC company was formed earlier this year. It could mean we'll see Sony use more PlayStation PC branding in the future. Be prepared because, yes, it is coming, but they're going to be when games are further out. God of War is coming in January. Why? Because God of War Ragnarok is expected to come in 2022. Horizon Forbidden West, I'm sorry, Horizon Zero Dawn came not too long ago. Why? Because Horizon Forbidden West is coming next year. Um, at some point, you know, we, we have Uncharted. The, the Legacy of Thieves collection is coming. Why? They're porting the Uncharted, those Uncharted games from the PlayStation 4 to the PlayStation 5 as well. Uncharted 4 came out May of 2016. 
Uncharted Lost Legacy came out sometime 2017. It's not like these are brand new games. Everybody's like, they're getting on PC. There's no point to have a PlayStation. If you want to wait four or five years to play a really, really good fucking game, then all, by all means, go right ahead. I'm going to make sure I have a PlayStation console so I can play those games when they release immediately and not have to wait for them to come to PC. I have a PC. I do. Am I going to go buy God of War for my PC? No, because I already own it and I've already played it. So I don't know. Um, Sony has gradually been growing its presence on PC over the past year after Horizon Zero Dawn arrived on Steam in August 2020. Followed by Days Gone in February, Sony is also bringing God of War to PC on January 14th in the remastered Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection at some point in 2022. I totally forgot that Days Gone was there as well. Um, but Horizon Zero Dawn arrived last summer, August of 2020. Horizon Zero Dawn came out on the PlayStation February 28th 2017. I remember that because I remember loading the game up and playing it on my PlayStation 4 Pro on a Tuesday. Stuff Games still came on Tuesday at that point. And then on that Friday, the Nintendo Switch and Breath of the Wild released, and I didn't go back to Horizon Zero Dawn until I finished Breath of the Wild. That was 2017. February of 2017. I think you guys can calm down. Um, Sony's head of PlayStation Studios, Herman Hulse, revealed in June that Sony was still uh, early on its plans on, on its PC plans. I want to emphasize that PlayStation will remain the best place to play our PlayStation Studio titles at launch. Thank you. Which means, no, this is not a day-and-date thing that's going to happen. Said Hulse in a PlayStation blog post, but we do value PC gamers. We'll continue to look at the right times to launch each game. Sony Interactive Entertainment CEO Jim Ryan has previously described Sony's PC, excuse me, PC games push as an easy decision for the company. There's an opportunity to expose those great games to a wider audience and recognize the economics of game development, which are not always straightforward, said Ryan in an interview with GQ earlier this year. The cost of making games goes up with each cycle as the caliber of this IP is improved. Also, our ease of making it available to non-console gamers has grown, so it's a fairly straightforward decision for us to make. Again, this is not that big of a deal. I think you guys need to calm the fuck down. Um, so what if there's some games that are going to go to PC? It's not that big of a deal. Um you still get to play them first on a PlayStation console. That's what the exclusivity period is for. And if it takes three or four years for a game to come to PC, if you guys want to wait, again, be my guest. I'm not going to wait. That's why I bought my PlayStation 5. In other news, really quickly, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time remake apparently has been pushed back again. This notice from the dev team, we want to take a moment to reassure you that the development of Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time remake is still underway, motivated and inspired by your feedback. We will update you on our progress in the future and want to thank all of you for your unwavering support and patience. I was not a Prince of Persia fan, so this means nothing to me, but for those of you who are looking to play this game, well, then there's the most recent information. Uh, it's probably the most you guys have gotten in quite a while, so I don't know. Um, but back on that GTA train, I guess I should have put all these together in one run. Very interestingly enough, Dr. Dre, as reported by the elder statesman of hip-hop, Snoop Dogg, a.k.a. Supercrip, Snoop goes on to say Dr. Dre is reportedly making new mu music for Grand Theft Auto. Again, this comes from IGN.com. Leave it to Snoop to deliver some of the biggest news of the day. Snoop says Dre is working on new music for an upcoming Grand Theft Auto game. Snoop revealed this news while as a guest on the Rolling Stone Now music podcast in an episode that will air on Friday. Snoop said, I do know Dre is in the studio. I do know he's making great fucking music. And some of his music is connected to the GTA game that's coming out. So I think that will be the way that his music will be released to the GTA video game. 
Um, in an article published on Wednesday, Rolling Stone says a representative for Rockstar Games declined to comment. Um, there's a chance Snoop could be uh, referring to the recently announced Grand Theft Auto Trilogy remaster. Dre was featured on the radio stations in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, but those were previously released songs. Rockstar hasn't yet talked about how much of the original radio station music has been licensed for the new versions of the game, or if any of the music has been replaced, or maybe Snoop Dogg is referring to the expanded and enhanced GTA Online that was originally announced to debut with the next-gen versions of Grand Theft Auto V, but those next-gen versions have been delayed. Rockstar added new music features to GTA Online in summer 2021, collecting media sticks, and GTA Online unlocks new music for your vehicle radio stations, including music that hasn't been released outside of GTA Online. Maybe new music for Dr. Dre will be available first in a future update of GTA Online, or did Snoop just reveal Grand Theft Auto 6? We can only hope. Again, I'm not going to sit around holding my breath for GTA 6. Snoop Dogg, of course, is, again, the elder statesman of hip-hop. He is super crip. He is the West Coast. He's also an expert gamer and professional Twitch streamer. Um, I don't know. This is interesting. I love Dr. Dre. In my mind, he's the greatest producer in the history of hip-hop, and that's a very tall mountain to climb. So shout out to Dre. Could this be coming in the GTA trilogy? Possibly. Could it be coming in GTA 5 online or expanded and enhanced? Possibly. Could it be something for GTA 6? Possibly. We're not, we're not going to know until we actually get each of those games in our hands and we can discernibly say this is what Dr. Dre was doing and that's perfectly fine. Fine. The thing about GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas, they had licensed songs. Licenses run out. Uh, I was playing GTA 4 on my Xbox One X. There is a patch, and I'm like, this game is wild old. It came out in 2008. Why is there a patch? The patch was simply to remo remove music where the license had expired and Rockstar was not able to remove it. So if you see an old game get patched and it has like licensed content when it's music, chances are they're removing some of that stuff. You're not patching a game that's like, and I'm talking about this is about 2018, 2019. I'm playing this game. The game came out in 2008. You're patching a game that's 10, 11 years old. Why? Why? Because they were removing the music. So maybe you bring in Dr. Dre to fill in some holes. Maybe he signed some kind of exclusivity thing. I don't know, but we're going to find out when we get the game. Again, GTA 6. I'm not holding my breath. Another article from Screen Rant says GTA 6 reveal date is hidden in GTA Trilogy. Trailer uh, rumors claim. According to fan speculation, a reference to the long-awaited Grand Theft Auto 6 is hidden in the GTA The Trilogy Definitive Editions trailer. The Grand Theft Auto 6 Easter egg has allegedly been spotted in the recent GTA Trilogy uh, release date trailer. Earlier in October, developer Rockstar Game revealed it's releasing a remaster collection of GTA 3 Vice City and San Andreas on November 11th. Since the, original, uh, the official trailer for the trilogy was posted, there's been debate over the upcoming remaster, slightly uncanny visuals, and the removal of, removal of controversial content like a Confederate flag and Phil Cassidy shirt, which we spoke about earlier in the shirt. I'm sorry, earlier in the show. Outside of those more negative topics, there are some uh, who are convinced Rockstar has hidden a secret reference to the next Grand Theft Auto game within the GTA trilogy remaster's most recent trailer. Some point, some fans have pointed out a possible GTA 6 Easter egg in a blink and miss it moment from the Grand Theft Auto trilogy uh, trilogy trailer. Around the trailer's 42nd mark, GTA Vice City anti-hero Tommy Versetti can be seen riding a motorcycle with the license plate reading Vice City, followed by the letters ICSLV. While this could be a random assortment of characters, some viewers claim the license plate can be decoded to stand for Vice City is coming soon. Wow, you guys are something else. <laughs> Along with the Roman numeral LV or 55, these viewers note that the GTA Trilogy trailer was released on October 22nd and that the 55 in question could be a reference to December 16th, 
which falls 55 days after the trailer's premiere. While some Twitter users like News Leaks GTA remain unconvinced, others seem hopeful that the date is when GTA 6, GTA 6 will be officially announced by Rockstar. Um, so they posted the tweet, fixed all of this seemingly connects, connected in points to November 23rd and December 16, 2021 as GTA 6 announcement reveal dates. Coincidence? Probably not. It may not be accurate. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think this is purely coincidental. One tweet says GTA 6 will be announced November to December and will take place in Miami featuring hurricanes, gators, and more. I don't know how you got that from a license plate. Uh, so 55 days after, uh, 22nd of October, right? So December 16th, which is a Thursday. Uh, yeah, this is a bit much. I think anybody, you guys really comb looking for Easter eggs all the time. I kind of miss the days before the internet sometimes for reasons like this. It's not that important. It just isn't. Let them give it to you when they give it to you. Now, was it clever when Rockstar changed their Twitter header to Red and everybody's like, oh, we got to be finding out about Red Dead Redemption 2. And then the next day we got that seven second teaser for Red Dead Redemption 2. Not exactly clever, not that hard to kind of figure out. But you guys are so thirsty for GTA 6, you're willing to figure, like put together all these little clues in your head. It looks like Charlie Day at that board and that famous, you know, gift from a, uh, the, the show or whatever, and I'm just like, I think you guys are really, really fucking reaching. I don't think that you're getting a release trailer or anything like that or any GTA 6 news, not before you get that enhanced expanded edition of GTA 5, I guarantee you that. I I don't know, man, that's, I'm not going to go, anyway, a GTA 6 reveal in November or December has been rumored previously with uh, purported leakers claiming Rockstar will finally release the Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer before the end of 2021. Furthermore, the phrase Vice City is coming soon seems to be in reference to rumors that GTA 6 will be set in a present-day version of the fan-favorite Miami-inspired city that served as the backdrop for Grand Theft Auto Vice City and its 2006 spinoff Vice City Stories. It's worth repeating that this is all speculation. Speculation and the supposed clues pointing to Grand Theft Auto 6's announcement in December could be little more than mere coincidences fans are latching on to. It's been over eight years since the release of GTA 5, so players are understandably ready for a reveal of the next game in the series. Rockstar has yet to make any official announcement about GTA 6, but it might be safe to guess that the internet is more than ready for when it's finally shown. Stop reaching, guys. That's all I'm saying. I don't think that that's what that meant. Um, I, I, you guys are really hungry for GTA 6. I get it. GTA 5 has survived. Like, we're going on the third generation. We got... Um, it, it came... Oh, God, it came the end of the PS3 360 generation. It was around for the full PS4, Xbox One generation. It's now coming to the PS5, Xbox Series X, and S generation, and it's on PC as well. It, GTA 5 could probably survive a nuclear holocaust. Be patient. And if you guys really, really wanted GTA 6, you would have put down the controllers and stopped playing GTA 5 a long time ago. I'm sorry, GTA 5 Online. As long as you're pumping money into that, there's no incentive for them to work on the next game because you're going to continue to fill their pockets. That's just my point of view. Other news comes from Engadget.com. Industry vet Amy Henning's new studio is making a game with Marvel. It will feature a completely original story and take on the Marvel Universe. 
It's been a while since we've heard any news from Amy Henning, but now we know that the former Naughty Dog and Visceral Games writer and creative director has been working away uh, at since going indie in 2018. On Friday, Marvel announces working with Henning's Skydance New Media Studio on a narrative-driven action-adventure game set in its comic book universe. Details on the project are sparse, but the Disney-owned company teased the title will feature a completely original story and take on the Marvel Universe. A tweet from Amy says, after holding our cards close to the vest for so long, we're excited to finally be able to share the news. We're having a blast working with Marvel Games on our first project at Skydance, new media, and can't wait until we can share more. Excelsior. Uh, I can't imagine a better partner than Marvel for our first game, said Henning. The Marvel Universe epitomizes all the action, mystery, and thrills of the pulp adventure genre that I adore and lends itself perfectly to an interactive experience. It's an honor to be able to tell an original story with all that humanity, complexity, and humor that makes Marvel characters so enduring and to enable our players to embody these heroes that they love. In some ways, it's a surprise to find out Henning is working on a AAA title when she left EA after the publisher shut down Visceral, which a lot of people still have a problem with. It seemed like she wanted a change of pace. I would love to have a little company of about six to eight people, 15 at most, and then do smaller projects, she said at the time, but then the possibility of working with Marvel may have been too difficult to ignore, especially for a new studio working on its first ever game. Much like it's done in Hollywood, the company has started to pull in talent from every corner of the gaming industry between Idols, Montreal, Fair Axis, and now Skydance New Media. Some of the best studios are working on Marvel properties. Um, getting a Marvel game at this point in the gaming um, atmosphere, it's a big coup. Um, I thought that Amy Henning was going to do more indie-based stuff, but obviously this is something you can't really pass up on. The interesting wording of this is what really catches me, completely new story. So this, obviously, Insomniac's doing Spider-Man. They're now doing Wolverine as well. Um, I don't think this is going to be X-Men. I don't think it's going to be Venom. I, don't th I think this is going to be like some new character they're creating just for this game. Or you might find yourself as a player jumping out of these different Marvel, you know, maybe it's something for the Mar Marvel multiverse. You know, maybe he plays the Watcher. I don't know, but this is very interesting. And this is on my radar now, and I can't wait to see what this actually turns out to be. And I really do kind of feel like it's going to be a completely new story. This isn't going to be Ant-Man and the Wasp. It feels like they're going to create some sort of new IP within the Marvel Universe for this. And this is actually very, very interesting. So we're going to keep, uh, keep our eyes and ears open about this one. My last story comes from GameSpot. Xbox Vision for 2042 is 32K resolution, 480 frames per second gameplay. Let me start right here. <laughs> well, number one, the Xbox social accounts posted a perspective trailer for the brand in 2042. I will actually post that to the Patreon. And if you're listening to this in the free feeds, you can see it probably on the Microsoft YouTube channel. Here's the thing. I worked for up until three, uh, well, at the time of recording, three months ago, I worked for the largest eye care provider in the United States. So I know a little bit. The human eye can see in 4K and a little higher. That's it. 8K is strange. It's like 8K TV, 8K console. 8K. Can't see that. You just like, you can see it in front of you, but your eye will not see. It's not humanly possible. Let me just start there. So anyway, <laughs> 2042 sure does seem like a long time for now, but Microsoft seems adamant that Xbox will still exist then. In partnership with EA to promote Battlefield 2042, the company has released a trailer for Xbox 21 years in the future. So I'd be about 61, 60 or 61. I'd still be playing video games. Uh, <laughs> uh, again, the company has released a trailer for Xbox 21 years in the future, and it sure does look fancy. Imagine a gaming experience indistinguishable from reality. 
Microsoft threatens in the video, we see footage of a variety of potential games, including a military shooter, cowboy game, and a football game, and it says the whole experience is powered by quantum technology and supports one quatillion floating operations per second. For comparison, the Xbox Series X supports 12 trillion flops. That's where the 12T flops figure comes from. Uh, for a 2042-era Xbox, Xbox to support one quatillion, the GPU would have to be more than 83,000 times more powerful. Wow. <laughs> We're going to get there in 21 years. Okay. It's a staggering figure and one that is actually possible now, albeit only with a supercomputer. Well, the closer we get, actually, now that I think about it, maybe not that far-fetched. Still getting to that in just a few decades for home use is pretty optimistic. The Dreamcast was capable about a tiny fraction of what the Xbox Series X can do, but it's still not 83,000 times less powerful. The ad says this Xbox will have 32K native resolutions at up to 480 frames per second with zero loading and holographic user interface. It also includes 70 games at launch and more than 5,000 backward compatible Xbox games, if only. The Series X remains pretty uh, difficult to find, so perhaps we should focus on that uh, one for the moment. It'll support Battlefield 2042, as will the PS4, PS5, PC, and Xbox One when the game launches on November 19th. And it has no campaign. Also, if you were looking to pick that up, if you will be playing multiplayer the whole time. There is no campaign for Battlefield 2042. Um, optimistic. It's cool. Uh, I remember PlayStation doing some commercials in the mid to early aughts where it was like... Um, I think it was like an orb that this person was carrying around. It was like PlayStation 6 or 9 or something like that. And here we are at the PlayStation 5. So really, how far away are we? Not that far in hindsight. Um, it's always cool to do these little futuristic things. And I remember being a kid being hyped like, oh, that's what it's going to look like. And it's just I didn't understand advertising at that time. We thought we would have flying cars by the year 2000. And that's all I'm saying. And um it, we would see my brother would show me these car magazines and it's like oh this is cool and it's like oh the older me understands that that's a concept and then general motors or ford they will take that and edit that concept down and then we'll see an actual flagship model like that be released for cadillac or ford or something like that so it's always cool to look into the future uh we're still very far away from being the jetsons and things like that but we're obviously centuries away from being the flintstones as well so i'm quite comfortable where we are <coughs> excuse me as far as technology goes but um these consoles are obviously only going to get more powerful so we'll see what happens with the next gen um you know we were supposed to get photorealistic graphics this time and it's still pretty close to last gen except it's native 4k at this time and Last time we were actually promised native 4K on the Xbox One X, and then, I don't know. So, it, we'll see, but native 4K is actually here this time, so I don't know. That, of course, is the show for this week. Tell your friends, patreon.com slash the Derek Lamont experience. If you're listening on the free feed, you should subscribe there as well for exclusive content. Um, as always, my name is Derek Lamont Jackson. I encourage you all to believe in yourself first and foremost, because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. Stay humble, stay happy. Uh, wear a mask when you out in public because still some people refuse to and you guys enjoy the fall and the upcoming holiday season. Peace out. Happy Halloween if you're into that thing.